Welcome to the Mid-Market CFO Circle podcast powered by High Radius. I am Madhurima, your host. We hear you Mid-Market CFOs and we've got your back. Every Thursday we bring you CFO Circle podcast with your peers and we discuss the challenges you face and how you can leverage emerging technology to solve them. Today, we are going to talk with Theodore F. Pilitsky, uh, who is an expert in operational excellence, transformation and strategy. He has built high-performing global teams in various leadership roles, developed new business models and offerings, and has increased new technology adoption, delivered and launched products and executed global organization strategies. Currently, he is working as Vice President of Strategy and Business Consulting at EPAM Systems. His area of focus includes technology and operational due diligence, merger and acquisition cycles, cost control, revenue growth, and strategic partnership for business growth and resilience. He integrates vision and execution to quickly move from strategy to reality by leveraging digitization, AI, data, operational excellence, uh, customer experience consulting, and automation. On that note, we'd like to welcome Theo to our podcast. Hi, how are you doing, Theo? I'm doing all right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So Theo, though I have explained a little about you already, I wanted to know what has your journey been and one crazy thing that you'd like to share with our listeners. Well, uh, yeah, the, the, the journey in the technology space started a little over 15 years ago. And through that time, I've seen uh, a lot of uh, transformation moving uh, uh, companies into digital, adapting for mobile and video streaming across the various domains. Most recently, uh, working a lot in automation space, data analytics, and of course, uh, helping our clients uh, to prepare for the world of uh, predictive analytics, AI, and everything related to that. I'm based in New York, uh, and uh, I've been with my current company, EPAM, uh, for a little 15 years. Uh, so it's it, it's quite 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 a journey, uh, and uh, yeah, glad to be here today. Absolutely, I mean. You have risen up the ranks. You're working as a VP right now, and you you must have started very young. In that too, with the current company, I went through all kind of experiences from program project management to our client-facing work to technology advisor, business consultant. So, so, so definitely, yeah, that's that's the case for me. So, Theo, today, uh, you know, we are going to talk about how CFO offices can turn the table with analytics. And in today's disrupted operating conditions, while we are trying to make the best possible decision in the shortest possible time, it's historical data on which we typically rely less, uh, we typically re have relied less, and which makes a lot of decisions less relevant. As drivers of digital strategy, uh, it's on CFOs to translate data and analytics tr uh, trends and their impact into must-make investments for the enterprise. So what is your opinion on that? Uh, today's CFO are, as you said, becoming drivers of digital strategy. And it's on them to analyze the data, translate the trends uh, and their impact into strategic decisions and investments for the enterprise. And, and to do that uh, and to drive this data analytics innovation, uh, it must be deployed to leverage the opportunities, manage risks uh, across the organization. And, and once in place, CFOs in their roles, they must continuously practically monitor, experiment with it, and exploit the trends, innovate, rebuild. So, so there, 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 there certainly the role is changing, right? And previously, 
coming from uh, someone who was looking at the historic trends, uh, focused on the reporting and the problems of today. Modern day CFOs, they're becoming drivers of uh, uh, solutions of tomorrow uh, for their organization. So that's, uh, kind of in a few words, my opinion on how the role is evolving. And um, what do you, why do you feel that quickly evolving to the changing market requirements um, is a very necessary uh, thing on any CFO's plate today? First, like there are pure operational reasons where analytics assist CFOs in their day-to-day jobs. Thinking of uh, order to cash and uh, predicting and forecasting the cash flow, uh, managing uh, risks or uh, putting the reports for the board members and CEOs together. So that's kind of one track, right, of, of why it's important. And the second one is, uh, as, as we explored a little bit in the first question, driving the strategic decisions, driving the global growth strategies, uh, let's say uh, mergers and acquisitions, or uh, thinking of uh, what is the next uh, product to put an investment behind. So, so such things are also becoming extremely important and it's better to be informed in decisions with the help of uh, advanced analytics and predictive. And if I compare uh, the time right now with let's say 15 years ago, um, specifically for order to cash, how do you feel the need and use both of them have accelerated in CFO's office? In general, like, like there's no dramatic change of why cash flow uh, is important, right? It's, it's been important, it's still important for most of the companies, but it, and even in cases where the negative cash flow is built in the, the business plan, such as like, say your software startup, right? Uh, and, and you're borrowing cash, but controlling this board is a top priority for organization. It, it was always, it always was and still remains. But in the times like today, uh, with the demand fluctuation, seasonality, economic conditions, unstable political situations, but not basically anything that can affect cash flow and there is beyond the CFOs and companies control, putting analytics in and managing it effectively can help organization to improve cash flow quickly and identify issues. So in short, like putting analytics to track cash flow, accelerate in order to cash cycle, it could be the most uh, significant and single most important step the CFO can take. And that could be done through the entire life cycle of order to cash from fulfillment to reconciliation to reporting. There are solutions today that allow automating the entire OTC process, highlighting manual bottlenecks, minimizing data errors, improving information through the value chain. So if, if let's say you're a company uh, who is uh, trying to react quick, let's say you're a retailer trying to uh, react to items being out of stock, you want to be able to do it faster, right? You want to be able to identify uh, what the solution is, how it impacts your future revenue this quarter, next quarter, uh, larger cycle. And uh, you want to be able to uh, track it all the way to the customer experience. And and it's very, very challenging to solve these tasks manually, right? Across departments. So having it in one place within the data platforms and using analytics 
that's uh, the only workable solution these days. And um, you know, since you're talking analytics, it's also important to talk reports. Uh, do you think it is practical today to be reliant and satisfied with using only spreadsheets and let's say ERP reporting? Some organizations, so I've, I've seen that some organizations who are starting right in their journey, yet they may not be able to afford or have time right to roll out the guardrail like put guardrails and broad best practices but uh, uh, you want to build your organization for scale and for resilience right and you want to be able to provide not only historic reporting and analysis but real-time data to your leadership team and with increased numbers of integration points that are today within the finance organizations spreadsheets sitting on someone's desktop or even worse in someone's physical desk in kind of in printed shape and form it really impedes this agility right and does not allow organization to react quickly now it's again and once again i want to be cognizant of the fact that this and understandable that there is a cost of reporting and dashboards and uh, uh steering the organization from spreadsheets to visual and intuitive reporting I get all that, but maybe like to balance such in investments, um, many firms are solving it by rolling out kind of self-service solutions, enabling their business users and finance users to build their own reports, to be able to access them remotely from their mobile devices, laptops, desktops, 24 by seven. So with that uh, kind of self-service model, you kind of outset some of the costs of putting the reports together and at the same time, you benefit from uh, the digital experience for uh, your finance and business workforce. And in your experience, where are the mid-market CFO offices falling short in analytics and reporting? I, I like that, this question and, and not to put uh, mid-market CFOs uh, in, a, in, a, in a bad light. Uh, I'd rather focus on uh, uh, what, what are important trends in today's world uh, that are out there, right? And it's like very expensive to have them ignored. And, and maybe in a sense, those are the ones uh, that if you disregard them as an organization, uh, you may uh, struggle, right? So again, to, to drive the strategic decisions in investments for enterprise, CFO must be able to proactively monitor, experiment, exploit, key data and uh and to do that it has to be dynamic right so so one of the uh trend and analytics and reporting that dynamic data and storytelling is replacing predefined dashboards so you, you might be able to double tap at any data points at any data point and understand what's behind it and you must be able to kind of cross check or mul multiple um, data sources uh, augmented data management, like being able to plug in additional data once it becomes available to increase the quality. That's kind of another trend. And many uh, organizations not recognize that, but there are tools uh, that are coming out of the box as well as uh, tools like automation uh, that allow to pull this data dynamically. And uh, maybe like one more trend where some organizations are failing today. Most organizations have been accelerating their cloud transformations and their journeys, uh, but like doing it even faster and being able 
to get access to more quality data across the organization, even though like a decentralized, it's also a huge uh, benefit. And actually, I thought of one more. So maybe like to build up on the second points, like the platforms that we interact and work with, and I'm pretty sure like many listeners are familiar with. The trend is that there is convergence of uh, data and analytics and automation. So once you have the data and once you have it uh, analyzed, you might want to be able to act on it right and right away. So like having this uh, automation capabilities as part of your analytics and reporting portfolio is also extremely important. What do you think a modern day analytics dashboard should look like to meet CFO's expectation and their duty? Another excellent question. And uh, yeah, can we can be very creative here, right? But but there's no like no no one uh, dashboard right that fits all purposes, preferences, and organizations. Um, um, but in my experience, they typically serve two purposes. There are, there are external dashboards, right? That CFOs and their offices build. They're focused on board of directors, uh, regulators, and and so on. And they're internal to finance organizations, which is the other category. Uh, but either way. The data in them is in is business critical and it has to generate kind of insights for strategic decisions. I think it's it's one important modern day uh, analytics requirement. So it has to be linked to like very tangible items such as like sales, order fulfillment, uh, state of supply chain, customer demand, business performance, maybe like real time industry trends. And uh, it, it, in my opinion, you know, like it also should be like easy, augmentable, and integratable with other tools, be it like robotics or advanced analytics and so on. So, so maybe like to sum up, you know, a it should provide data visualization component to give users like real time financial information to be able to act on, and uh, and should be tailored to the different seniority levels. So you don't want to serve same dashboard to your CEO and your department lead and uh, people who are like, responsible for a chunk of your supply chain. And lastly, you know, like it needs to incorporate advanced analytics and, and decisions to be able to see previously unseen opportunities. So that, that functionality is, is, is very important. And how can, I mean, given your experience with managing mergers and acquisition, it's only fair if I, you know, pick your brains and how analytics can help CFO's office to expand global growth strategies, including mergers and acquisition. Uh, and by the way, I like the way this question is formulated a lot because uh, people, again, often think of analytics as some, something for historical, right, but not for the decision making and mergers acquisition is like extremely important decision right for every and high risk decision for every organization uh the good news is that analytics can indeed help identify and inform the m a uh, and even though that MA can be driven by a wide range of organizational objectives from accelerating of the product adoption to defensive moves against competition to increasing your own company's valuation you can tailor and use analytics uh, to serve that purpose uh, we've seen uh, our clients using analytics in pre-closure and post-closure 
operational due diligence, technology due diligence to prove initial, initial hypothesis or even sometimes confirm assumptions about like what the synergy would be between two companies, what are savings, where's profitable growth resulting from M&A. So uh, in that sense, uh, you really would like to be educated, right, and informed upfront. Or once the merger happens, you want to be sure that you see real metrics and whether it's successful. And, and maybe like lastly, um, maybe like anecdotal evidence uh, familiar to most listeners, some companies, they can predict the demand in certain skills and infrastructure. And as a result, shortlist potential M&A targets that would allow to boost these capabilities. And as an example, I'm referring to, like, think of company like Facebook in mid-2010. Uh, they were using analytics to identify the areas of fastest adoption of their product. And then they used analytics. Like, evidently, they found that like the products get adopted via mobile faster than through other channels. So they targeted companies that are fastest growing mobile first companies like instagram whatsapp maybe let's famous snap to to accelerate the adoption of its own platform so this is analytics that works that kind of resulted to uh immediate growth of your own company's capability my next question is on um you know the kpis that are critical for cfos to keep a track of at all the time right so what what would you say are uh, the crucial kpis that a CFO should, uh, you know, be looking at on a regular basis to maintain businesses' financial health? So first of all, like we're talking KPIs, we're talking metrics, I think it's very important to distinguish too because analytics uh, data can be used for both, right? But metrics, they're more like dependent on their organization. So they probably could not apply to uh, all, all companies out there and it's very kind of process-driven action like think of number of transactions customers contract renewal rates something like fairly uh narrow for this particular department or organization and there is no like generic list of either 10 metrics nor 10 kpis that companies should use or, or look at now but with kpis at the same time it's slightly easier because kpis uh that CFOs should focus on should be like operation margin right uh, etc like directly tied to the value to shareholders, which are more or less common for all organizations, be it a private or public company. And uh, uh, the key when selecting KPIs, uh, financial dashboard, so it can really be used, maybe like reiterating the previous points as a management tool, right? To track all truly relevant finance KPIs and allowing finance objectives such as cash management, cost optimization, shareholder value uh, to be met. So, and, and, and maybe like in terms of like selecting the KPIs, I think as long as uh, they like serve your company's definition of value, like what, what is the current problem and, and, and strategy in place? And as long as they are smart uh, and, and tied to the or high level objectives, there should be good to start with. And then, of course, there's no like single bullet. They need to be uh, revisited and uh, monitored and put through the framework on if I stop tracking, like what will change, right? If I add another metric, like will I really get additional insights? So it's kind of dynamic environment when you put them into the dashboard. But I think like starting with the 
shareholder value, profitability, and like very common things for every organization. It's a good point uh, to start getting the value. You know, if we talk about uh, cash flow a little more, um, so the challenges that companies in B two B world face uh, with regards with regards to cash flow, they are inescapable. Um, an adequate cash availability is definitely one of the most significant components in growth trajectory for of any business. Uh, do you think that CFO offices uh, should definitely be leveraging AI-based cash uh, flow forecasting solutions? Uh, in short, short the answer is yes, right? But uh, not just kind of for forecasting, but I also think to identify opportunities for revenue increase. Right, especially like if uh, the company has this growth mindset, especially B two B and even B two C, we've seen companies uh, using uh, analytics to at first like look into the cash flow and, and maybe like another example uh, so that people can relate. Uh, look at this client, uh, a major retailer in Canada, right? That has hundreds of stores operated by by dealers and their CFOs wanted to apply analytics to cash flow and forecasting to see how, how things are today. And they found that there is continuous revenue leakage and about 25% of stores regularly miss cutoff dates for promotions and placing orders, which causes revenue loss as a result to poor customer experience because the like, shelves are empty and so on. So quickly they looked at the forecasting the cash flow, but find the real issue. And then like with the help of uh, the analytics and automation, they were able to remediate it. So every time the analytics solution identifies that there is a risk of uh, missed due date, and as a result, you know, missed revenue and, and lower cash flow, they would notify dealers and send automated kind of reminders to place the order. They would process it using automation, uh, will allow people to focus on other tasks and hand obviously as a, as a soft benefits and will generate additional cash for their balance sheet. So to answer your question, yes, it should be and, and it's used. And uh, in, in when AI and analytics is used, it's way more powerful because it also kind of eliminates that uh, manual component of it and enables people to think of the bigger picture uh, not to deal just with errors, reconciliations, and so on. And uh, I wanted to ask one, uh, you know, one more thing on lines of how, uh, because of changing economic environment, you know, how incredibly volatile and unpredictable a lot of uh, a lot of businesses have become. And in such a case or in such scenarios, do you think CFOs offices? can rely on analytics prediction and implement long-term strategies? Yeah, the interesting times indeed, I think, for, for the entire world, right? Mm -hmm. doesn't, doesn't matter what, what region you're at or what uh, industry domain. Um, and uh, we're seeing that a lot, uh, but I personally believe that the data analytics and automation, all three are like very powerful tools to deal with that uncertainty. Right, and to drive the demand and services and revenue, especially like in a volatile environment. And uh, as a tool to spot early indicators and red flags and issues, uh, this is excellent. And when the times are volatile and predictable, I'd rather you know, 
uh, go with uh, the informed decisions empowered by analytics and prediction uh, that helps you to tackle what you do not know yet, right? Versus uh, going fully just with gut feel. And gut feel, as we know, is based on our experience, right? And what we already know and experience. Whereas analytics is, you know, like being able to predict uh, something that you have not experienced yet. But anyways, like, and, like not to go into a philosophical trap, but I think at the end of the day, it is CFO who makes a call, obviously, and it's human component, but it's better to for them to make friends with uh, what current technologies and platforms and analytics and predictive have to offer uh, versus ignoring them. And if they still feel that uh, it's on them, you know, like to ignore it, they're, they're, they're free to do that, right? But it's better to look into the trends from the pragmatic lens as well. Theo, with this, we come to the end of the podcast, right? And before we part our ways, I wanted to ask you one last question. And the question is the parting thoughts that you'd like to share with the CFOs and finance executives that are listening to this podcast on what are the top three things that you would suggest that they should do with analytics and automation to overcome and prepare uh, for a likely recession. One of the observation that I have across various like, domains and, and, and companies, and not just referring just to CFOs, but also CEOs of the organization, department heads, I think the ones that are most successful and resilient and uh, and re report the highest return on investment, and not just today, but in the past, right? The, the previous uh, uh, uncertainties and pandemic-related or financial market collapses, like the, the, the ones that strive were uh, those focused on performance management activities kind of, of today and tomorrow, and uh, being uh, uh, aggressive enough to reduce the drag and organizational decision making and what i what i mean by that is uh, maybe like helping and removing obstacles from the teams to experiment with different technologies and solutions uh, quickly maybe not not arguing like whether or not this technology will be effective for our organizations or whether or not our data is good whether or not you know that analytics truly you know of value but maybe like starting small and areas where uh, they feel that could be like the highest return for investment, not necessarily full-fledged, you know, analytics data automation programs, but starting small, starting early, and when the time comes, you know, and 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 the company needs to think of survival, right, or or growth once the recession ends, uh, to be able to scale that solutions, right, and win uh, market share, please customers, reduce uh, transaction turnaround times, increase. Uh, cash flow and so on. So I, I, if it's like there's one takeaway, it's just being in that st state of kind of aggressive uh, creativity and experimenting with all those technologies that uh, the world has to offer today. So when the time comes, yeah, your organization is ready uh, to utilize them. Thank you so much for sharing those uh, thoughts with us today. We really appreciate your time. And for our listeners out there, uh, stay tuned. We'll be back with more.